0: Hey everyone, it's Matt Mikowski here, and today I found this article that was written by Jane Taylor on a site called Habits for Wellbeing, uh, which you can go and check out with uh, habitsforwellbeing.com, and the article is called Nine Effective Communication Skills. So what Jane has covered in this particular article is what communication is, uh, five barriers... Uh, I can't talk sometimes when I do these things. All right, five barriers to effective communication, and nine effective communication skills. All right, so she's looked up uh, four different dictionaries and Google for what the definition of communication includes or is so Google's definition of communication is imparting or exchanging of information by speaking writing or using some other medium and means of sending or receiving information such as phone or computers Uh, the Merriam-Webster dictionary Describes communication as the act or process of using words, sounds, signs or behaviours to express or exchange information Or to express your ideas, thoughts, feelings etc. to someone else The free dictionary describes it as an exchange of thoughts, messages or information as by speech, signals, writing or behaviour Right, So that covers quite a few different things there too Uh, The Collins Dictionary defines it as an act or an instance of communicating, the imparting or exchange of information, ideas or feelings. And the Oxford Dictionary describes communication as imparting or exchanging of information by speaking, writing or using some other medium. So as we can see, there's a common theme through there. There's four different things that it covers in regards to how we communicate one's by talking another one is by signals another one is writing and another one is through our behavior so like you know um body language and different things like that right so as you can see by the above this is what the article continues on with communication is more than just your words it also includes how you say it including the tone of your voice, why you say it, the intention behind the message, when you say it, for example, during an argument, the time of day, etc. What you don't say. Uh, Sometimes what you don't say gives a clearer picture of what is going on than what you say. And your body language, including your facial expressions, gestures and postures. So they're all the different things that make up communication when we are talking or trying to get a point across to someone else. Which is the reason why in a lot of the other podcasts it's really important when someone is communication um uh, when someone is communication when someone is communicating to you, like that's why it's so important to listen to what's being said and watch how they're saying it, you know, as well. Because it it gives a lot and it shows a lot more about that person as well so you can get an idea. Alright so Jane goes on to talk about five barriers to effective communication Uh, she starts off with a quote here which says the greatest compliment that was ever paid to me was when someone asked me what I thought and attended to my answer Uh, it's a quote by Henry David Theroux alright so five barriers to effective communication include one judging the other person. All right. So if you're judging a person whilst you're talking to them you could be criticising, diagnosing or calling them names. An example of criticising is saying don't you understand anything. All right. Putting people down while communicating with them is obviously not going to make them very receptive to what you have to say regardless of whether it's a situation where you're feeling frustrated or annoyed or whatever, right? When you are feeling that way, you need to find some sort of thing that can help calm you down, you know, walk away from the situation if you have to, you know. But obviously you turn around to the person and go, look, we're not getting anywhere at this point in time. I really need to just take a break for a few minutes just to, you know, collect my thoughts and whatever else and then we'll come back to this at later time alright just doing things like that is going to be a lot more helpful than you know sort of end up being in a situation where you say the wrong thing or make it worse and judging other people too and you know whether you're sort of judging their intelligence or the way they live their life or whatever it might be Right? I've got to remember that at the end of the day, we're all human beings, right? We all have sore points in our life. We all are sensitive to certain things. Being put down is something that everyone has experienced at some point in their lifetime, and that never makes anyone feel good. So do your best to not be in that specific type of habit and be more of a habit in, you know, getting to know people a bit better, communicating with them so that you can actually know where they're coming from and understanding them. Right, 2. Not paying attention to the person you're talking to. Examples of this include playing with your mobile phone or electronic device, not listening to the thoughts or feelings of the person you're speaking to, or looking away when the other person is talking. Right, it's not hard to pick up on when people are not really paying attention to what you have to say. All right. And yes, I do understand that you can have conversations with some people where um, it's just really boring. Uh, They're not really giving much back or they're consistently talking about themselves in a way where it's, you know, really... You're there just listening to it going, oh, no, not this sort of thing again. But the good... to become a good communicator, you need to also be good at listening, picking up on things, and finding ways to shift the conversation as well. And when you become good at communicating with people, you're able to do those things and ask the right questions to sway the conversation in a different direction. And that's the whole point of learning about communicating. right? It's not to sit there and, listening, and listen to boring conversations, it's also to learn how to ask the right questions? How to shift the conversation so that it's not—it's um, something that's not just exciting for that person, but it's something that becomes exciting for you as well. All right, but make sure that you are paying attention to people. Give them the time of day that you would like someone else to give you. So, three, using technical language. Have you ever been at an event where people are using acronyms or language relevant only to their profession? If so, you know what I mean. Yep, that's something I can relate to Jane with. Uh, there's, well, I've been involved in many different industries and I'm, what I've discovered personally is that the industries where people might feel the most dumb actually and I'm not trying to criticize people whatever else I've done a lot of different labor hire type work over the years right enjoy that don't have a problem with it that's the sort of work that I've been involved in for majority of my work life manufacturing factory work all that sort of stuff and you normally find that a lot of factory workers um, you saw that well you get 50-50 actually you get the ones who just talk everyday language Know, if they don't know what something is they don't care about the technical term they'll just make up something for it that everyone sort of understands and then you get the ones from like the office area who try and use technical jargon to try and confuse you and get you to you know sort of <laughs> think that they're more smart than what they are and you can't but you don't care like at the end of the day what you at the you know, what's more important? People understanding exactly what you're saying or people being confused about what you're saying and needing to look it up and a dictionary to actually find out what words you've used and what they actually mean. You know? People don't like to be made to feel stupid. That's the point. And when people use technical language, it's like they're deliberately doing it sometimes to make other people feel small because they don't understand I know that's not the case all the time there are some situations where some people have just, um, you know, developed uh, their form of communication that way they're used to talking to people who do talk in technical terms so they become accustomed to it and they're not thinking about anything else so, you know, there's lots of different scenarios that involve that but the main thing is if you're talking to somebody and you want them to understand what you're talking about, don't use technical language. All right. So four, giving solutions or unwanted advice. I'm not sure of many people who like to be told what to do. What about you? All right. When we have, you know, it's like when you're talking to a friend as an example. And there's some random person who might know your friend a little bit better than you or whatever it is. And your friend's trying to give you advice about something. And this person pipes up and just starts giving you unwarranted advice. And regardless of whether it's good or not, it's not the point. The point is they've just come along and started giving you advice about something without being asked. And you don't have a rapport with that person, right? There has been no prior communication with them so you don't know them right and most of the time they don't even know your situation that well they're just comparing your situation to someone else they know or you know something they saw on tv and they think that what they have to say is important the problem with that of course is that it doesn't Generally go down too well (laughs) with the person who hasn't asked them for the advice Right, so they might get quite negative uh, Reaction to it and they're the ones funnily enough who are surprised by it. You're kind of like well You know even though some people might react not the best the fact is you bothered into a conversation that you know You weren't invited in giving people advice about stuff that you know nothing about So even if the situation is a lot different to that, I'm sure a lot of us can relate to that specific scenario, but there's many different scenarios where people, you know, sometimes people just like to talk things out. And sometimes by them talking it out, they end up discovering the solution all on their own. So you need to actually, if you want to give advice to somebody, ask them if they would like advice first. Or wait until they ask the other thing is when you give advice you don't turn around and tell people this is what you should do you turn around and go a hey, you know something that I've heard about that has helped other people has been when they've tried this that and the other all right that way you know you're not coming down and going oh you need to do this and you need to do that and whatever else which doesn't make people want to do anything to be perfectly honest no, it just makes people go yeah i think i won't talk to them about that specific scenario anymore all right five avoiding the concerns of others in a conversation that is avoiding the concerns of others the listener Don't address the problem. That is, the individual's feelings and concerns are not taken into account. This can be done in a variety of ways, including diverting the conversation, reassuring the person, or discounting. Okay. So, I think it's talking about when, you know, somebody is not really... um, Oh, when there's, like... Maybe advice that people are giving you and all that sort of stuff and they think they know better than you. You know, don't worry too much about what other people say. If they don't know your situation, then they're not really in a position to give advice to you in the first place. So don't concern yourself about what other people think either. All right. So... Anyway, so that's five barriers to effective communication, so five things that we should avoid. All right. So the other thing that Jane talks about is the nine effective communication skills. All right. She goes on to say, effective communication doesn't happen overnight. Very true. All right. It is a skill that has to be cultivated and nurtured. Below are some skills that can be practiced to build on or develop your communication skills. So the first one that she talks about is active listening, which is number one. Some ways to actively listen include listen twice as much as you speak. Listen with your whole body. Be alert and interested in the other person. Refrain from interrupting and reflecting back what you have heard. Remember, the most basic of all human needs is the need to understand and be understood. The best way to understand people is to listen to them. Right, that last part is a quote from Ralph Nichols. Uh, but it's very true. You know, we do have to get... It's something we have to get into a habit of. It's not something that comes naturally. Um, we're all pretty much, um, when we talk, we all love to talk about ourselves, right? Even when we're in a situation where we're feeling really uncomfortable, um, if it's been a while before you've, you know... Um, if it's been a while and you haven't been like involved in sort of group chats and you know crowds and all that sort of stuff, there's times where when the conversation is sort of shone on you or you get asked something, you know if it's you can sort of get a bit like nervous and not sure what to talk about and so of course, the first thing that comes out of your mouth is me 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 me," which is normal, right That's not something that's bad. And I'm not saying that anyone should feel bad about it. It's just, it's our default. That's what we do. right? So learning to communicate with others is a skill that we need to actually practice. So when we are put in those positions, we learn how to ask the right types of questions. How to get the types of responses from people that we're after. You know, how we can uh, effectively communicate with people and get the most out of the situations you know in the long run you know um i've met some really awesome people that are great with communication Right? right they're really bad at talking about themselves and it's almost like they avoid it at all costs which also isn't good because it's good for people to you know open up about themselves as well but their skills with communicating with people like they just know how the right ask the right questions and they get the right responses from people. Right? And they're, the thing that makes it even more interesting is they actively listen, right They show that they're interested. They don't stand there, saw the roll on their eyes and whatever else. They have you know this is something that they've developed and that's something that we need to develop too. All right. So, number 2, nonverbal uh non-verbal communication. All right? We transmit information using words, gestures and body language. Subsequently, active listening also involves nonverbal communication. Sometimes you can be unaware of the messages you're sending nonverbally. Examples of nonverbal signals include tone of voice, eye contact, facial expressions, silence and hand, arm and leg postures. Are you aware of the signals your nonverbal communication could be sending? All right, so we do need to be aware of, you know, how we are when we are, you know, communicating with people, you know? How are we sitting, as an example? Are we slouching? Are we sort of paying attention to something else? Are we drifting in and out? (laughs) You know, Um, and that's, you know, it's not always about someone being boring in their conversation. It's also you learning, as well as me, to steer the conversation in a different direction. That's why we learn about communication skills. That's why, you know, there will be many podcasts about communicating because it's the number one thing that is a breakdown between people you know when people drift apart it's not because they no longer like each other and all that sort of stuff all the time it's because a communication breakdown has started somewhere along the line and over time it gets worse and worse and worse and people don't do anything about it or try to repair that aspect of their relationships or friendships or whatever it might be right so communication having healthy communication is very vital to anything succeeding you know whether it's business personal or that sort of stuff and we need to learn too that if we are not sort of uh, learning about good body language as well we could be sending the wrong type of message you know what we're saying and how we are acting in our body language could be you know saying two different things and People, whether you realize it or not, you know, a lot of people do pick up on those sorts of things. You do get some people who seem oblivious and just, you know, the ones that come and talk to you and you could be there yawning and whatever else because you're bored and you're wanting to move on. And they'll keep talking and talking and talking and you're just there going, oh my goodness. All right, it's obvious I'm trying to get away from you. You know what I mean? So, but most of the time, if you give people the time of day and just you know let them say what they need to say and then move the conversation on you'll normally find that you can get out of there a lot quicker funnily enough so <laughs> all right but just remember nonverbal communication is relating a lot to you know body language and things that we do while we're talking or listening to somebody which is this case. Alright, three, asking questions. When you are in a conversation with someone, asking questions shows you are interested in them. There are many types of questions you can ask, including open, that is, questions that start with what and how. Closed questions that start with did, do, would, will, should, could, have, must, and is. (laughs) Specific example questions that are specific can start with when, where, who, which, how, much how many and how often or visionary what are your dreams so these are the different things that we can also work on open ended questions are the best in getting information out of people so if you're wanting to learn more about a specific aspect of what somebody does open ended questions are the best also open ended questions are also the best in sort of Getting the right information. Hopefully I then just repeat myself, but I probably did. So, and what I mean by that is if you're getting to know somebody as an example, meeting them for the first time, so you want to know things about their life, right? asking a few questions, getting a few answers. Most of the time we might ask a few closed questions like, you know, do you like going to the movies? Yes. All right. Open-ended questions can be like, you know, what was the best movie you ever saw? because it's not a question that you need to give a yes or no response it's one that requires an actual answer so you're drawing it some people also will might even if you do open um, ask open-ended questions won't always give a lot in an answer because they're sort of <laughs> also nervous to talk too much about themselves because they don't want to come across as if they're just there to talk about themselves All right, so you have to make people feel comfortable as well. All right, so but asking questions or always obviously. You no. Know, we're r- raised in school where we get told by teachers, you know, there are no dumb questions. Except if you get a bad teacher who ends up making fun of people or students for asking questions they consider to be dumb. So we develop a bit of a complex over time and it seems like only the smart kids in the school that are the teacher's pets seem to be able to get away with asking questions and not be ridiculed for it. So eventually over time some of us stop asking questions because we don't want people making fun of us. Right. But the fact is, the best way to learn about anything is asking questions. Right? Don't be afraid to ask questions. Continue to ask questions. It's very important that we be in the habit of doing that. Right? four, being clear and succinct. Right? that is a word I'm not familiar with. Alright, when you are speaking, be clear, articulate and concise. Less is more when it comes to speaking and speak plain English Alright, I think what it might be trying to say is uh, Well, obviously the being clear part makes sense, right? Be clear about what you're talking about Don't use technical jargon like was recommended not to do in the previous five things that we looked at which were five barriers to effective communication Right? So we don't want to get into a bad habit of being one of those people that uses big words that no one really understands. So, you know, be articulate and concise means, you know, don't ramble on, don't go on to this big long story when there's no need to. Just say what's needed to be said and get the conversation flowing. All right? Right, five, clarifying and summarising. To ensure you are hearing correctly, you can reflect back to clarify what you have heard and summarise what you have heard from the other person. This shows you are listening to the other person and also checks you have the message correct that they are trying to get across. All right. That is very important, especially if you don't understand something that they're talking about. If you repeat it back to them, and you know, ask them questions about it, then they'll be able to explain it better to you. It also shows them that you're interested in talking with them as well because you're making an effort to want to understand what they're talking about and also double-checking to make sure that you've heard it the right way and the way that it was intended when they've communicated it with you. So it's very important. Right, Six, being empathetic. Having empathy for another person is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. Alright, uh, so empathy is the opposite sort of to sympathy. Well, it's not the opposite, it's different sympathy. All right. when you sympathise with someone, you've gone through it yourself. Um, <laughs> well I can't talk today anyway yeah when you are sympathizing with somebody you've been through it yourself all right so as an example if uh, there was some sort of tragedy that happened like you know a close relative passed away as an example and somebody comes along and talks to you about it and they sympathize with you because they know what it feels like because they've been through it themselves all right now Empathy is when somebody hasn't experienced it yet, but they can understand that it wouldn't feel good. So they pretty much talk about it in a way where they don't know exactly what it's like, but they can put themselves sort of in your shoes and have an understanding of what that might be like. All right. So, but having empathy for people is really good. It's just like if you know, if you're talking to people, or you work, say you work for a charity, or you help out other non-profit organisation, and that non-profit organisation helps out people, whether they're homeless, or you know, um, people who are sort of in hospital, like in another hospital, or you know, some sort of other cause, whatever it might be right and you haven't gone through any of those specific scenarios and you're talking to them right a good way to be empathetic is by listening to their stories and you know sort of developing an understanding of what that might be like for a person right it doesn't mean you have to pretend and be all like oh you know <laughs> make up some sort of elaborate story to you know make them think that you've you know exactly what it's like we don't you know obviously don't do that um but it's good to in sort of as i said put yourself in their shoes develop an understanding for what that might be like right. uh and it shows that you actually uh, care about that person as well i mean it doesn't have to be something that dramatic of course but you know you could have empathy for someone who's doing it tough financially. You could have empathy for someone who's out of work. Right. Uh, empathy for someone who's having some relationship problems or whatever it might be. All right. So there's different types of scenarios. Right. Seven, providing feedback. It doesn't matter whether you're giving or receiving feedback. The feedback process is a vulnerable place to be. If you are providing feedback, you may like to use the engaging feedback checklist that was developed by Dr. Breen Brown. Alright, I'm assuming that if you type into Google Dr. Breen Brown, Breen is spelled B-R-E-N-E, then there might be a website where you can find that. But yeah, I don't really have much to say about that one to be honest. I guess it depends on the scenario and the context in which you're communicating with somebody right? Um, In regards to whether you need to be providing feedback or whatnot, so I guess that's uh, dependent on why you're having a Like why you're communicating with that person in the first place Maybe it could be something where someone's communicating with you a something specific like a course that they're doing, and you're helping them out, or maybe you're a a teacher and a student, or whatever the situation might be, parent and child, and in reverse, the child could be teaching the parent something so but the good thing is everyone needs feedback at some time on how they're doing with certain things, so you know it's always good, but also remember too that feedback is like giving advice don't do it unless you're asked to. right, so eight, developing trust and rapport. What is trust for you? How do you build trust with your friends, family and colleagues? Is it about doing what you say you're going to do and building relationships on honesty and integrity? How do you build trust in your relationships? As Ralph Waldo Emerson stated, the glory of friendship is not the outstretched hand, not the kindly smile, nor the joy of companionship. It is the spiritual inspiration that comes to one when you discover that someone else believes in you and is willing to trust you with a friendship. Uh, I think at the end of the day, uh, friendships are generally based on, uh, most of them, a mutual interest to begin with. Uh, or maybe you've grown up with the person. Uh, maybe you've been friends with somebody for years maybe you've only been friends with somebody for you know a few days maybe a few weeks right uh, however long you've been friends with the person for i you know what is the yeah where is it right how do you develop that friendship mm. so developing trust and rapport is obviously very important Right, you want to have friendships where people feel they can trust you. Uh, at, like, And there's different types of friendships as well, right? There's always, like, if you have a group of friends, there's always that one friend who's always late to everything, as an example. There's always that one friend that's always super early for everything. Um, you know, there's always that one friend who lightens up the you know, situation when things are getting a bit awkward. There's always that one person who's the level-headed person. There's always the laid-backs or the guy, you know, or woman for that matter. Um, You know, so... But the thing that keeps those friendships together is the fact that they know that they can trust each other. They have that rapport. They've gotten to know each other, right? They don't always like the differences that they have between each other, but they have learnt to or they have found a way to be able to get along with each other and not let those small things affect their relationships right? because that's what it is ultimately at the end of the day right we're all going to meet different people right? i've got friends that i've um that i have who are late for everything right but you kind of you know even though i'm not Late for everything, um, and that's something that sort of drummed into me from an early age. About you know, making sure that it's very important to be somewhere on time, or at least 10 minutes early, or whatever it might be. All right. So, some people may want you to specifically rock up on time uh, so that they have time to do what they need to do. All right. So, you know, there is that as well, but. It doesn't bother me that they're late the thing that would bother me more is if they never show up. and because I understand what they're like and that's their personality you know it's something that it doesn't worry me you know because it's not breaking trust it's not you know destroying some sort of rapport that you have with the person that's just part of their personality right and we're all going to have people like that in our lives The thing that, and the reason why it doesn't affect anything to do with our friendship is because of the fact that I know that if I really needed them in the situation, they'd be there. You know, we have that trust, we have that rapport, we know each other. You know, if they call me up and say I need help doing something, I'd be there for them and vice versa. So you have that with those people, you know. And it's very important to have trust with people and have rapport with people, obviously. You know, having a rapport is one of the best things that you can do. Even if you're not in someone's life on a regular basis, if you've got a good rapport with people, right, they'll be there for you when you really need them. But make sure that you do the same for them as well, you know. Be a person of your word. Do what you say that you're going to do, you know. Another way to build trust is by being vulnerable sometimes and sharing experiences that maybe they're going through and you discussing, um, you know, how you've been through something similar before. Uh, and the fact that you ended up, you know, learning certain things that helped you get through it. Uh, So that can also build trust by sharing your personal experiences as well. So then we come to number nine, being present. Alright, being present links to many of the above skills. Some of the words that relate to being present include being accepting of the other person you are communicating with. All right. allowing life to be as it is. Cultivating compassion and having a beginner's mind. Uh, Thich Nhat Hang so eloquently says, The most precious gift we can offer others is our presence. When mindfulness embraces those we love, they will bloom like flowers. Uh, So at the end of the day, what it's saying is that if we're talking with somebody, if we're, you know, getting to know people, be present, be in the moment, right? Give them everything that you've got. And which means that, you know, give them your attention, give them the respect that you would like other people to give to you, right? You know, the age-old saying, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. It's very important that if you want people to treat you a particular way, you have to also give that of yourself, right? And eventually someone has to give, because if we all just walk around going, oh, or well, you know, I'm not doing that because no one ever does that for me, right? It shows a bad attitude, which also reflects when you communicate with people as well. They can see it, right? If you go in with a good attitude and go, yeah, I know that, you know, maybe not all people, when I communicate with them, are going to be like this. But I'm going to do my best to change myself and be the sort of person that other people can look at and be like, man, I'd love to be more like that person, you know. So, be present. Alright, Jane goes on to say... You know, over to you. I hope you've enjoyed this post and communication, barriers to effective communication, and effective communication skills. What is your best tip on communication or favourite communication skill? And she encourages other people to sort of uh, participate in a conversation with that. Right. She has left a reference that I can use to pass on to other people. So uh, she has mentioned that many people have referenced her page, and it is so actually something she wrote in 2015. So, um, nine effective communication skills. All right? If you want to learn more or read more in what Jane has written, you can go to www habitsforwellbeing.com forward slash nine dash effective dash communication dash skills Right, so that is something that you can go check out as well I'll try and copy that actually I'm on a different phone (laughs) I'm using one phone to look up my information and the other one to do the podcast alright so anyway I will i'll get that in the description as well so people can go and have a look at that right so what are things that you feel are good in effective communication you know think about all the different things or think about all the different people that you've come across in your life you know who made you feel really good when you were talking to them and who didn't you know it's all the try and think about all the different forms of communication that have been used on you over the years as well what worked what didn't what did you think was good what did you think was bad because ultimately good communication when you're involved in a conversation with somebody and they're good at communicating you generally walk away from that feeling on top of the world right It's that feeling where you're just like, man, I could talk to this person for ages. I feel so good. You know, they really understood where I was coming from. So what techniques did they use? What sort of things did they say to you? What questions did they ask? You know, what was it about that person that you spoke to that really stood out to you? Anyway, I'm going to leave it here. Thanks for listening. And I will get to you again soon with some more awesome information right take care of yourselves bye for now